welcome to the PaxX Podcast, available on iTunes. This is episode 54 of the show where we talk about everything to do with the passenger experience. I'm Mary Kirby, and I'm joined by my co-host, Max Flight. Max, how are you doing? Doing very well, Mary. Trying to stay healthy in this season of colds and flus and things. Yeah, I hear you. It's been kind of difficult. I'm in a bit of recovery myself, Max. So apologies to our listeners if I have a coughing fit, but we're going to muscle forward anyways. Before we get started, we'd like to thank the Jetliner Cabins ebook app for sponsoring this week's podcast. When you're enjoying an in-flight meal or movie high above the earth, have you ever wondered about the level of thinking that's gone into your immediate living space? The contoured seat back and supporting headrest, the safety provisions, the mood lighting, the meticulous selection of sound-absorbent material calibrated to block intrusive noise. Jetliner Cabins is the story of how scientists, designers, engineers, maintenance, and marketing specialists have transformed the stark tubular interiors of typical airliners into unique settings. This ebook app invites readers to explore the expertise, discover the details, and enjoy the fascinating world of jetliner cabins. Visit jetlinercabins.com to learn more and to download the app. Now, it's my great pleasure to introduce our guest today. Mark Naylor is the head of compliance for Gate Gourmet in Oceana, the world's biggest provider of airline catering and onboard products and services. Part of Gate Group, Gate Gourmet has over 200 locations across 60 countries and serves over 300 customers, including airlines and trains. Out of Australia and New Zealand, Gate Gourmet caters for over 500 flights daily, and for Sydney alone, around 80 domestic and 30 international flights are catered for daily. Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks a lot, Mary. I um, appreciate your, you having me on. Uh, amazing to be here. It's great. Thank you. It's great to have you on, Mark, and let's jump right in and take a look at some of the PaxX news stories that are making headlines. First, there have been a number of notable collisions at airports in recent months. Last fall, a Qantas aircraft collided with a catering truck on the apron at Sydney Airport. Early this month, an empty Sunwing aircraft that was being towed struck a WestJet aircraft that was carrying passengers and crew who were then evacuated via the slides. Photos emerged showing the tail of the Sunwing jet in flames. With so many safety protocols governing movement at the airport, how and why does this happen, Mark? And what should passengers know about the incident investigation that follows? Max, as you would certainly know, especially at airside and on tarmac, there are a lot of moving parts. There's ground handlers, there's aircraft, there's tugs and baggage, uh, there's pushback equipment. There are certainly a lot of a lot of moving parts, and when you throw humans into the uh, into the mix, things like that can happen. So, Mark, um, I'm kind of curious, kind of how many gate gourmet trucks might be found on the apron at any given time? Because, of course, you're servicing, you're doing catering for all of these different aircraft. So, just for gate gourmet specifically, we're talking about a lot of vehicles, right? Oh yes, certainly. Um, you know, the, there are depending on on which port, there you know, they can be. 10s, 20s, you know, 30 trucks on tarmac at, at any one time. And, of course, um, we're certainly not the only catering company that operate airside. You have the cleaning vehicles that are very similar to our catering trucks. So there, there are a lot of moving parts. I would say, look, the industry is well known um, for, for their safety systems, but even the best systems, uh, you know, can, can have problems that, are, that occur along the way, as I said, when, particularly when you throw the human element uh, into it. Mark, how do the Gate Gourmet employees that are 
on the ground there communicate with the tower or others? How does that work at different airports around the world so that the activities are safe and coordinated? Typically by by radio, there's certainly not much contact, um, if at all, with the tower, but particularly um, ground handlers, airside. It's all through either, either hand signals, face-to-face, in person, um, you know, there's nothing better than actually walking over and being able to talk to someone in person. You know, leaves a lot less room for, for miscommunication and a lot less room for error. You know, there are clear guidelines um, you know, with not only catering but, but other ground handlers around um, what you can and can't do um, around the aircraft. Obviously, when you can approach an aircraft, enter the circle of safety, which is an exclusion zone um, around the aircraft, yeah, it's all about clear communication. And Fortunately, sometimes you know, we find that you know, communication does play a part uh, in airside incidents. Mark, all it takes is a lapse of concentration and kind of a vehicle can collide with another or even an aircraft. Do you envisage a future where we're going to see automation of the tugs, the baggage handler vehicles and the catering trucks? Um, do you see removing the people element down the road? Uh, particularly with catering, I think we'll, we'll always have a, a people element involved. But you know, there are certainly some, uh, certainly a number of airports around the world that already automate their pushback. Um, it's by remote control in a number of places. They are certainly removing the the human element. Um, I don't believe we'll be able to ever remove it completely. But certainly, you know, in the next sort of five, ten, twenty years, they'll certainly be a decrease, uh, well, an increase in the use of technology in and around the aircraft um, for ground handling. Mark, I would imagine that the catering crews would need to get um, some training specifically for the safety aspects of moving in and around the airport. In addition to their, uh, I imagine, the training that uh, they get for the catering function, uh, is, is that true? Is there a training course or a training regimen for the catering uh, employees? Oh, certainly. Uh, each airport, um, they have a you know, a specific set of uh, training courses that employees need to go through to, to even work airside. That includes security um, awareness, safety awareness, um, particularly uh, airside driving to be able to obtain licenses, you know, the training um, regime is, is quite rigorous from, from the airport perspective and, and certainly we have our own internal um, training controls for our staff to operate airside. It's a lengthy process, um, but uh, we know that we need to invest in our staff and invest in their training uh, to make sure that our staff operate on tarmac uh, in the safest possible way, which, which uh, we do. And what about the depth of the investigations that goes on when there's a collision? I mean, certainly the flying public pays a lot of attention to major aircraft accidents uh, and the investigations associated with that. If a catering truck bumps uh, an airplane, oh, they may not be as concerned, but is is there an investigation kind of to the same uh, degree of depth that we see in other aviation accidents? I, w- I would say certainly. Uh all airlines, um, you know, have, have very robust, very strong uh, safety systems, and particularly the assurance side, investigation side, auditing side, uh, is a key part of that. Um, 
you know, whether whether an incident happens uh, on the ground or, or wherever it happens, the airlines and ground handlers, um, you know, we take it take it very very seriously. You know, as soon as an incident happens, you know, there is usually a team that uh, will go straight to an incident uh, an incident site. As soon as we arrive, there's there's photos taken, there's measurements taken. Um, the the team are removed uh, typically from tarmac. You know, because there's a little bit of nervousness, and the last thing you would like is a a, a flow-on or a snowball effect of incidents. Uh, interviews start, and then really, um, you know, this all happens very, very quickly. As you can imagine, the last thing an airline would want or a ground handling company would want is you know, to have a, a very similar incident very close, uh, closely back to back. So the investigation moves very, very quickly. Um, you know, it leads into interviews and then um, you, d- you just discuss training before. We look at the training element. We really look at all the, the safety system elements. The main thing of an investigation is work out what should have happened and you know, against what did happen um, and, and then really analysing the contributing factors and, and the root cause. I would say the airlines, you know, once the investigation is complete, particularly the airports, are very good at running safety committees um, and information feedback sessions um, with with ground handlers and the airlines, uh, the airport authorities, you know, to discuss airside incidents similar to what you discussed before uh, at the at the start of the the podcast and really working out what happened and and how we can prevent a, a reoccurrence. Um, I'm love the aviation industry. Uh, all stakeholders are very, very good at sharing their learnings from in, in investigations, and typically they're they're very widely communicated, even from one side of the world to to the other. Yes, that's uh, that's good to hear, and I think you're entirely correct that the aviation industry generally does a very, very good job of uh, investigations and getting to root cause and and corrective action. And of course, it's a lot of voluntary uh, reporting too, Max. Yeah. Well, and that's a good point because there is such a safety culture generally in most countries uh, so that uh, people can feel comfortable self-reporting problems or incidents or accidents without fear that it's going to come back to, uh, you know, to bite them. Right. Well, let's move on and uh, take a look at Gate Gourmet in Australia having recently completed trials with Virgin Australia to introduce a new product. Now, this is a product I was completely unaware of. It's a dry ice product called Eco Slice, but it's synthetic dry ice, and it's a potential game changer for the industry. Mark, what can you tell us about Eco Slice, this product, and how does it support a positive passenger experience? Certainly. Um, we were lucky enough, uh, well, I was lucky enough to meet um, the two gentlemen from Eco Slice at, at the start of the year. Uh, ben Rogers, who's the creator of uh, an inventor of the synthetic dry ice eco slice, and Damien Latcham, the uh, general uh, manager, uh, sorry, managing director of eco slice um, at the start of the year. And we very quickly realized that uh, the, the product that they've invented is a green, sustainable substitute for, for dry ice. So uh, as soon as we, we met the gentleman, um, you know, we really jump straight into to trials um, uh, of their product. And as you can imagine, um, food safety 
of the passengers on the aircraft is paramount. Uh, so we really wanted to test test the synthetic uh, dry ice, the EcoSlice product, to to see how it fared against uh, dry ice. And through all the testing um, and numerous rounds of testing in, in Brisbane that we conducted at our Gate Gourmet unit, uh, we found very quickly that the EcoSlice product was you know between two and three times more effective at keeping both the food cold um, and for longer periods than the traditional dry ice product. Mark, dare I ask, what is the synthetic dry ice made of? What's the secret sauce? I tell you what, uh, Mary, if, if we knew, <laughs> if we knew, look, it, the, the product is the product's certainly uh, under a patent. Um, the the gentlemen keep that that uh, you know that very close to their chest, and quite rightly so. But I would say it's a it's a plant based product. Uh, the eco slice, let's call it slab. Can be made to to any size. Now it's sort of like a, a block of plasticine. Um, hard plasticine would probably be the best way um, to describe it. And it's you know it starts off at shelf stable. Uh, the guys from EcoSlice have you know, developed some whiz bang freezers uh, that we put the the slabs in. You know within four hours they're down to a temperature of similar to dry ice or even exactly the same as dry ice minus 80 to 82 degrees celsius um, and that really puts us on a on a winning product so we were very lucky that um you know very very quickly or very soon into the trials that we performed um at gate gourmet brisbane you know virgin were more than willing uh to uh, to support those trials on the ground and then by involving other stakeholders like their engineering, their cabin crew, their work earth and safety um, departments, you know, we, we were able to, to obtain you know, permission to test the EcoSlice on uh, live flights. Now, the best thing about EcoSlice product, um, and you may or may not know, that traditional dry ice is a, is a class as a dangerous good. Uh, the green uh, EcoSlice product is classed as non-hazardous, um, more than safe. Uh, there are no problems with, with loading it to, to aircraft. So it has the environmental win. It has the safety win. And to be honest, it's the, win, the big win for the passenger is food's colder for longer. I think one thing we all appreciate about a flight at the end of the day, a trip home from holiday or a trip home from work, is a nice cold drink, whether it be beer or wine at the end of the day. And this... Uh, certainly ticks all those boxes. Mark, what was Virgin Australia's biggest interest in partaking in this uh, testing? What did they find about EcoSlice that uh, intrigued them? Oh, certainly uh, the sustainability factor of the, of the green EcoSlice product. As you can imagine, traditional dry ice is, is created through, through carbon dioxide um, and, and there's lots of byproducts um, and the aviation industry um, goes through an excruciating amount of traditional dry ice. Um, it, Australia alone, we're, we're talking not only Gate May, but we are talking millions of kilos of dry ice a year. Oh, my. So particularly with the EcoSlice product, you know, we are able to, particularly at Gate May and for Virgin Australia, we are able to decrease the output, well, the use of dry ice from eradicated together altogether um, from millions of kilos a year down to about 
10,000 kilos of the EcoSlice product because it is the EcoSlice product is certainly not single use. Uh, it, it is it is multi-use and, and can really go um, be reactivated or refrozen for as long as the block maintains its integrity. And through testing, we found less than far less than one percent um, uh, breakage rate of the EcoSlice product. So. Hmm. You know, they were all about the the sustainability, and from particularly from a, a safety perspective, uh, having a uh, traditional dry ice on board, you know, is classed as a dangerous good. There's certainly um, you know, there's certainly a risk of cabin crew if they come into contact um, getting mild burns. So, uh, from a safety and a sustainable perspective, Virgin were identified as this was a winner very early on. Great. Mark, uh, you uh, this this product has won some awards. I'm kind of curious if you have intent to submit it, or if EcoSlice does, to the Crystal Cabin Awards then for next year. Uh, yes. Well, we uh, in partnership with with EcoSlice, um, you know, they were certainly the the number one stakeholders of the the project and Virgin. Uh, we were able to win the New South Wales Green Globe uh, Sustainability Award for innovation. Um, in September, from memory, which was great. It was a great win for for all three all three companies, and and, and really good for the EcoSize product to, to be recognised uh, in that way. You know, there are, I would say, Mary, there are a number of um, sustainable awards that we are looking to apply for in the in the new future, and, and certainly the Crystal Cabinet Awards. Um, would certainly be towards the top of that list, if not the top. Very good. Yes, yes. I like this. Uh, I like this idea. I hadn't really considered how much carbon dioxide we were putting into the atmosphere just through the the use of dry ice. Uh, this is a great uh, application. Does uh, just one quick final question, Mark? Would this require a change in that um, a company like Gate Gourmet would have to? Uh, Establish some freezers uh, to to refreeze uh, the product. Oh yes, uh, but the footprint of the freezers is minimal. Um, you you would have to. It is a. I would say, Max, it is certainly a lot lot less than the footprint of having tubs of traditional dry ice ah. um, scattered throughout the unit. The uh, yeah, the the footprint of the freezer is minimal compared to uh, the old ways. Yeah, through through the course of this conversation, there are just so many, so many positives about this product, and as you can tell, I'm 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 quite excited about it. So yeah, very good. I like this a lot. All right. Well, last but not least, Gate Group has entered into a joint venture agreement with Asiana Airlines that will strengthen Gate Group's position at Incheon Airport in South Korea, and also position the company as the sole in-flight caterer for Asiana at Incheon. Mark, this is a long-term agreement, really long-term. Why is this considered a key milestone for the company? Oh, look, I think you touched on it right there, Max. Uh, it's an amazing partnership to be able to to build with Asiana for the next thirty years. Um, you know, agreements don't like uh, like this don't come around too often, and Gate Gourmet um, have been very lucky to to secure that agreement um, with with Asiana um, with the building of a great, large, fantastic new facility um, in Xi'an Airport. It's fantastic for, for all involved. 
Mark, I got to say that um, in, in all the years that I've written a, about the aviation industry, I'm not sure if I've ever written 30-year agreement <laughs> before. It's kind of remarkable. It's a real testament to uh, the faith that this airline is, is putting in Gate Gourmet. Um, in terms of, you know, what it encompasses, you said you said that Gate, uh, Gate Gourmet is going to be building a facility. So there's a ramp-up period then um, in order to be able to fully uh, meet the terms of the agreement, presumably. Oh, we're certainly well through uh, the construction uh, phase for building the, the new facility um, for, for the partnership. Um, you know, the projected complete, well, projected startup date is the 1st of July, um, 2018 for that agreement um, and the servicing of aircraft. And we're certainly confident of those, those timeframes will be met. And Mark, when we uh, call this a state-of-the-art facility that's going to be built, uh, can you give us some examples of what makes it state-of-the-art? Oh, certainly. I think uh, I'm actually in Incheon at the moment, uh, preparing, uh, finalizing safety and security plans. Um, yeah, I think the high bay warehouse for, for pallet storage um, of, of the customer products will be, as I said, state-of-the-art. Uh, it's all um, computerized. You know, there are really uh, there are no people working uh, in the warehouse. The the operators will call down um, or s- uh, select a pallet uh, to be pulled from the racks for for whichever product that they need. Um, the the system in the warehouse will collect the pallet um, off the racking um, and and deliver it to the I guess the outbound end of the the racking warehouse. Um, to to the end user, so you know, you decrease things like moving equipment, you know, having people and moving equipment in the same area at the same time. Uh, you know, it's it's really one of the first I've seen, um, particularly in in the APAC region, um, which I I was very very impressed with. Now, one of the other, I guess, the other innovations, um, it's the first of its kind the company has built. Um, we have a, a, a trolley stacking system or a, a, a cart stacking system, uh, the airline carts. Uh, as you could imagine, floor space in facilities, although the, the new facility in Incheon is 25,000 square metres, you know, storing airline carts you know, across the floor certainly takes up, takes up some space and, and sometimes having things everywhere is a, um, that can be a little painful. So the new cart stacking, trolley stacking system, will actually store up to 700 airline carts um, in a vertical way. So basically in a, in a high elevator shaft, um, it, it's, it's quite wide. They will have 700 carts in, let's say, a, an elevator system. And the end user, similar to the pallet racking system, will be able to say, I would like cart one, two, three, uh, and the system will deliver um, the exact cart that they need for the exact flight. Um, to, to send out to the customer and the passenger. So uh, there's some, some really good things that are that are happening here in, in the new uh, Gate Gourmet career facility. And are those carts preloaded? Ah, uh, yes. Um, for the most part, yes, they will. So as you can imagine, there, there's a lot of um, moving parts, a lot of uh, engineering that has gone into to building that system. And as I said, even I was impressed when, when they uh, <clears throat> first explained the system to me. It's great. It sounds like almost like a well-coordinated dance. <laughs> <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Yeah. Like a, it's it's kind of yeah, it does. It's it's almost like it would be interesting to be able to hover over and see kind of everything 
you know, in operation. It's so a lot of IOT then, uh, in, within the cater, within catering period at this point, um, Mark. Oh yes. Um, you know, I think it's one thing that, uh, one thing that Gate Gourmet do, do very, very well, um, from the innovation side as we've discussed the, the eco slice and, you know, particularly with the build of the, the Gate Gourmet career facility, um, yeah, it's all, all all stations go and, and positive for not only Gake or May or our customers, but the, certainly the passenger experience at the end. Wonderful. Well, we're rapidly coming to a close. I want to thank our listeners. And remember, you can find us online at runwaygirlnetwork.com and on iTunes. Be sure to follow all the Runway Girl Network activity on Twitter at at Runway Girl. And remember to use the PaxX hashtag when tweeting about the passenger experience. Join in the conversation. We would love to have you. I'd like to reiterate our thanks to our sponsor, the Jetliner Cabins ebook app. And I'd like to thank Mark for being our guest. Mark, where can listeners find you at and Gate Gourmet? Um, the listeners can find me at mnailor, N-A-Y-L-O-R, at gategroup.com. And they also can find me on uh, LinkedIn. Terrific. Thanks again, Mark. And we'll ask all of you to join us again next time as we talk about the passenger experience on the PaxX Podcast. Take care, everyone. Mm-hmm.